What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at our flag plants at every round of your fantasy draft. This is an important one, so stick around. All right, you know me. I'm Kevin Allen, aka The Geek. I've got Flex Shane here with me, and this is an important... That, listen, we're days away. This is we're in high fantasy draft season. Everybody's drafting right now. You know how I know? Because my DMs are stuffed with <laughs> how'd my draft look? And I'm like, looks good. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it sounds like uh, hey, it looks good to me, right? So I'm I'm getting stuff, which means you guys are out there drafting. And what Shane and I thought would be really helpful today to go round by round and kind of talk about our flag plants in each round. Now, Shane, when you think of the concept of a flag plant, what is that? What is that? What is that in your mind? These are players that we are staking our reputation on for the season, essentially. Right. So these are quote, our guys for this season. These are guys that I want on my roster. If I'm in an auction league, I'm bidding aggressively on. And when I land them in my draft, baby, I sit back, I smile. I'm happy. That's it. It's just these are our guys, man. Yeah. Every year, you know, I build a lot of I build a lot of fantasy teams, right? I, I I'm drafting best ball teams constantly throughout the offseason. I've got lots of dynasty startups that I do every year because I'm a sick person who can't stop drafting dynasty startups, got the super flex leagues going, all of that. And so basically you get your guys, right? You get I also have my I never draft these guys, and I will mention them because I can't help living in the negative. But I'll mention them. But the key thing is, who are your guys? When when you're in when you're in a, a round four, you're in round five. And you're looking at there's five or six players, seven eight players in this ADP zone. Who are you? Who am I taking in that grouping? And the really the important part of this is to just give you the idea that hey, these are some players that you might even want to reach for. Try to get uh, try to get them. If if you draft a lot of these flag plants, your team's going to look like a lot of our team. And then we'll kind of have a similar season. So hopefully we kick ass and you kick ass too by following along. Now, I'm going to talk about the first round. And, and actually, Shane, I want to talk about what we're using as our baseline here. We're using the NFFC most current. That's 828 through 830. Last couple days um, draft board. The only big news that's happened pretty much recently, the only big piece of fantasy relevant news is the cutting of Marlon Mack from the Colts. Listen, if you've been following this, if you've been following my Twitter, I've already said multiple times that uh, Damian Pierce is my highest owned player in best ball. That's when I was getting him in round 10, 11. I have a feeling he's going to rise up at this point with that news to the point where it might be difficult to actually draft him. We'll see. But outside of that, this is the last three days worth of ADP data. And just one thing to bear in mind, this is these are generally high stakes leagues. And this draft board is much sharper than your home league's draft board. How do I know this, Shane? You know how I know? Because again, because those same, how'd my draft go? They show me the board. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, really? This is what they're doing? And you're, why did Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert all go in the first two rounds? Like, what is happening? That's crazy. In home That's league. crazy. What are you guys doing? They're not watching the bowl call show, Shane. <sighs> no. So one last thing I want to mention is with the first couple rounds, you know, it's pretty easy to say my flag plant is Jonathan Taylor. But 
I'm trying to also point out players that you can get. So it's not going to be the first pick in every round. Um, we're going to try to focus on players you're getting in the second half of the round or even a round later so that this information is useful to you. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor is your flag plant, Shane, uh, you know. Listen, we 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 planted a flag on JT as he when he was a rookie. When I think I told you this story, but I had a buddy who's he's a diehard Colts fan, and he was screaming because because when the Colts drafted JT, I'm like, Dave, this is it. You got your guy. This is going to be the best running back in the league. And then he had a horrible start to the season. And so it's like sometimes the flag plans hurt, but then you got to stick by your guys. So yeah, planting a flag on the one on one, not really uh, not really a bold call, Kevin. Not very bold. So let's let's just get right into this, Shane. Round one. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with my guy for round one. And the reason this guy is my guy is, again, because you can get him. And so, uh, you know, I've been on Cooper Cup and and all that early in the and, and I'm still on that if I'm picking early. But if I'm picking in the second part of round one, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. And here's my thought process. Dalvin Cook finally is kind of getting an offense tailored. To, he's been spectacular anyway, but tail to what he can do best. The team wants to run to the outside. They want to throw a little bit more, which probably means a little more Dalvin Cook passing game usage. He floated to the end of the second round in most leagues, which is the part that I like the most. You can get him late, and he's comparing to who? Dalvin Cook, I, I believe, you know, if we're looking at who he's going behind, at times it's Derrick Henry, who has who's great, but has questionable... Um, Upside in terms of his team this season has a lot of game flow sensitivity in his in his game in general, although that could change. But he's also a little older. Stefan Diggs, who I don't get it right. I've been off of him. Devontae Adams and Joe Mixon. I'm taking Dalvin Cook. I'm taking him ahead of Najee Harris. I'm taking him ahead of Austin Eckler. So essentially, if I'm outside of the first four picks, uh, I'm able to get him. No problem. And usually uh, pick six or seven is where you're going to get him. Yeah, man. I mean, look, you can't go wrong with Dalvin Cook. Again, you can't go wrong with really any of these players. But to me, my flag plant in this round is actually the aforementioned Austin Eckler. If we're talking about running backs, middle middle of the round, like you go, there's a there's a big five. After that big five, I'm firmly planting my flag on Austin Eckler. Isaiah Spiller, the rookie running back that they drafted this year. There's a lot of buzz before the training camp that this is going to be the guy. But when Josh McKelly, the guy who is the definition of a Jag, just a guy, is still outplaying Isaiah Spiller. They're going to turn to the tried and true Austin Eckler. Everything around the goal line, all the pass catches are going to go to Austin Eckler. And what we like is that, one, the Chargers are going to be, I would say, at least a top six offense in the league this year, maybe a top three. And last year, they were third in pace of play, which means they like to run a ton of plays in the game. I would expect him to follow a very similar formula this year, which means Austin Eckler is going to get, continue to get a ton of work. And these PPR leagues, man, like that, he's just going to go hey. So in round one, if I'm sitting in the middle of the round, the big five's off the board, man. Austin Eckler, I'm smashing that draft button, baby. Can't, can't go wrong with Austin Eckler. Now, guys, as we go through this, I'd love for you guys who are watching to throw your flag plant for each round in the comments section. Let us know why, who you love, and why. Right. Um, here we go. Kyle loves Juju. Interesting. Wait, that's a few rounds from now. But I get it. Drop your 
Drop your favorite guys in the comments and why. And of course, make sure you are subscribed to the channel for this kind of content. Really, really important for us and for the algorithm that you are subscribing to this channel. Now, let's move on to round two, Shane. And in round again, this is a round where you got a lot of great players, and um, you know, it's hard to really go wrong. Mm -hmm. For me, my round two flag plan, and this is a, a player that's been all over the place, but I've been able to get him much later in round two than where he's showing on screen right now. It is Alvin Kamara. And here's my thought. Like, what changed? Alvin Kamara was pick number four overall in 2021. Like, he nothing has changed about his role. As a matter of fact, the only thing that happened is I think his team is going to be a little bit better this year. There's no competition for touches. Mark Ingram is, at this point, like 47 years old. There's no one else on the team to take these carries. Alvin Kamara is a great pick in all formats. I love a lot of the players around too, but if Alvin Kamara is there and I'm picking anywhere in the middle to the later part of round two, especially I am smashing the draft button and I'm not thinking twice. Love Alvin Kamara. I love a lot of the round two players. Definitely love Alvin Kamara here. If Alvin Kamara is suspended, it's going to be an upset at this point in the game. It's going to be an upset. So I would, I agree, man. Draft him with confidence. I don't think he's going to miss any time this season. And he's, he is who we think he is. I mean, listen, he should really be going around one, but you don't have to pay around one cost. So I think that's good. I have two guys I'm going to just mention, but I'm going to go into detail on one at the back of the round because he was going to be my round three, but now I don't want to cheat. He's now in round at the back of round two. Michael Pittman. I love Michael Pittman. I love that he made it in round two, but he's not my flag plan. I want, I want to mention that in your yeah. home league. Yes. He will be there in round three. So that's, oh, a, yeah. Yeah. He'll still be there in round three, maybe even round four. Yeah. No, he's going to be a value. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at the sharpest of the sharpest, right? That's what we're trying to, we're trying to nitpick here. But for me, it's got to be my boy, DeAndre Swift. I, listen, for a lot of the reasons I like Austin Eckler, the same archetype could be said about DeAndre Swift. And what I like is the fact that, one, he's gained weight. Looks like he's gained about five or six pounds of muscle, which is a good thing. But most importantly, he missed time last season because of the shoulder injury. He took multiple big hits in preseason, in real games, like so actual preseason games, on that shoulder, and it didn't phase him, which means DeAndre Swift is healthy. And we've been talking about this, Kev. Like the Detroit Lions on offense are going to be very, very good. And you know what the best part about the Detroit Lions are? Their defense is still hot trash, which means they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Jamal Williams is still going to have a, a role, which is fine, right? Like, you know, DeAndre Swift isn't the archetype of, of a running back you want getting a 90% opportunity share. You want around a 65%, 70% opportunity for, think, for, for think, Swift. Think um, Kamara back in the day when he was Kamara. kind of splitting with, Ingram, with yes. Ingram. You know, it is not happening now, which is why I love Kamara in this round. But back in the day when Kamara is um, was splitting, it's kind of like that. Like, Kamara would do great. He didn't mm -hmm. need... 25 touches. So I, I like that call on Swift. The only negative being you need you need to be early in the second round yeah. to get him. So um he's he's definitely priced up the season, but with all that PPR work in your PPR league, hell yeah. Give me some Swift as well. And honorable mention to uh Uncle Lenny Fournette there at the end of round yeah. two as well. Um Kev, quick quick strategy question for you since we're in round two. Kelsey, I see, is falling to pick 17. That's a that's a pretty good value. I wouldn't put him as a flag plant, but I would say if he he's falls to you there, I mean that that's a good call. Like I I, I would Listen, take Kelsey there. I I have strong feelings about the luxury tight end. Yeah, 
you know, if you do it, accept the consequences of yeah. that move. I don't mind it with Kelsey. I don't mind it with Mark Andrews at all. But you better damn well not take an early quarterback, quarterback yeah. if you're taking a luxury tight end. And, and you kind of have to almost punt the running back position. So I would only do it. I like what, you know, like the look of teammate here in, in, in some senses where it goes Dalvin Cook, Kelsey, and then wide receiver. You kind of have to do that. Um, you have to go wide receiver right after and probably another wide receiver or two and then mm. hope that you could fill out the second RB. So you almost have to go zero RB because you will not pick up a quality wide receiver off waivers. So you really need three wide receivers in rounds three, four, five, and six. If you're if you don't have three wide receivers after three, four, five, and six, to give you four rounds to get it. You yeah. will not have good wide receivers this season, as you will see as you look at the wide receiver group that that is outside of round six. It gets really gross. Alan Lazard, Kirk, you know, it starts to get bad. And Ayuk and and then at round eight, it, it's nothing. So you must come out of the first six or seven rounds if you want to stretch it with at least three wide receivers. So the luxury tight end is sketchy, and of course you have to wait on quarterback in that scenario. Um, Got into a little little strategy right there. And that's important strategy. Hmm. I'm actually well, see, glad I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the thing is, like we talk about it on the other show all the time. It's just the fact that like you can just honestly just auto-draft ADPs, right? Like the ADPs are pretty sharp regardless of the platform you use. But where you really differentiate your team from another one is how you build your roster. And and what you were just talking about there just you know touches on that point. You you have to understand, yeah, luxury tight end, if you're gonna do it. And where where the position groups really start to fall off, but again, just a really important. You can get a late tight end, and he's fine. So if you waited in round eight, nine, and ten, and you got a tight end, they're still pretty good. Um, that's that's the whole thing about understanding understanding positional scarcity. I like to be drafting running backs that are one hit away after round ten and beyond, so that they're there on my team because you cannot get good wide receivers in those rounds. They they rarely save your team. Some guy mm -hmm. rarely comes out of nowhere at wide receiver to be awesome, but that does happen at running back. So let's talk round three. And my flag plant in round three is an easy one because I believe this player, and he's at the end of round three. I'm not cheat coding it, Shane. <laughs> I'm not the cheat code. This player, I believe, is this year's. Everybody's looking for this year's Cooper Cup. I believe that it is a very obvious exact same situation my boy Cortland Sutton I'm making sure I come out of round three with Cortland Sutton on my team um, again honorable mention to Mike Williams I love him too but Cortland Sutton has a new quarterback Russell Wilson right Cortland Sutton is the DK Metcalf of this offense and dare I say has been equally as good equally as athletic like this guy has all the traits of an alpha wide receiver but his quarterback play has been absolutely atrocious throughout his career. He's never had even a competent quarterback throwing passes his way. And he finally gets that with Russell Wilson. So I love the style that Russell Wilson plays, scrambles around. That allows a guy like Cortland Sutton to get open deep. I love Cortland Sutton. I think he has the, the ability to ascend to a top five wide receiver if things break right for him this season. And of course, if he winds up being the primary guy as opposed to Jerry Judy, I think so, but you know, a little hopium there. 
Corlin Sutton's an interesting guy. I, I mean, just based on his ADP, clearly the industry has bought into him. But last season, didn't have a quarterback. He was also, we, we forget, he tore his ACN, ACL and MCL in 2020, right? So last year, he was still recovering. So now, yeah, the two years removed, removed is what you want. Now yeah, he's exactly. fully healthy. Yeah. So I love Cortland Sutton. Um, honestly, this is probably one of my favorite rounds. There's just a lot of sex appeal in rounds three, man. I love this round, but I'm, I'm just going to cop out again. I'm sorry. Cause these are, these are guys that we've been touting all summer. AJ Brown, man, he's finally moved back up. Frankly, I think he should be a second round pick, but at this stage of the game, man, AJ Brown, the reason you're going to discount on him is one. He's had injury concerns throughout his career. That's a fact. It's probably why the Titans moved on with him from him. Frankly, but also the fact that we that they worry about we worry about the Eagles being a low pass offense. However, they're still going to pass the damn ball. I I don't think it's going to be as dire as say 22, 23 pass attempts per game, which is what it was like at the back end of the season last year. I bet you they get back closer up to that 27 to 29 pass attempts per game, and those are going to be heavily situated on AJ Brown. I like Devonta Smith as a talent. I don't know how where you stand on Devonta Smith as bad a talent. Fit, bad fit. like the yes. player. Bad fit in this offense. AJ Brown is a much better fit with yes. Jalen Hurts. They love each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's great. Uh, by the way, I was taking AJ Brown in the second round. So the fact that he's now dropping into the third round, excellent. And if if you can get him midway through the third round, I love that. I, I mean, I, he's dropping into the third round. It's AJ Brown, yeah. a guy who only needed. People talk about his volume. He only needed uh, five or six receptions to put up 28-point games uh, last season because he's so good with the football in his hands. People forget. People forget I, the yak monster that is yeah, A.J. You know Brown. They will be reminded this yeah, year. Yeah, what's really it. interesting is that um, – shoot, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I was listening to another podcast, the Athletic Podcast, and they were talking about one of the stats for what A.J. Brown is that I think about 60% of his routes were run inside the hashes last year. Um but only 10% of Jalen Hurts' throws were inside the hashes last year. So it's going to be interesting how they mold that up. But that also might be an explanation as to why Hurts was such a bad passer because he's going to those lower percentage pa those passes. So it's going to be interesting, man. I, I'm, I'm so in on Jalen or on AJ Brown, excuse me. It's going to be it's going to be exciting to watch. I, I'm a big fan. There's a certain narrative that I'm a big fan of, and it works. Teams are going to feed the new stud. They do this on purpose. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a monster year when he first went to Arizona. Diggs had a monster year when he first went to uh, Buffalo. Uh, Devontae Adams going to have a monster year. The same can be said about A.J. Brown here. Teams feed the new stud. It's a thing that they do. Uh, wide receivers are divas. So I love the pick. Now let's move on. Let's so move on. we've gone through three rounds already, and we're guiding our way through the draft. Notice a lot of wide, a lot of running backs in the first two rounds, and now we're getting into the wide receiver. This is how this the draft tends to play out, Shane. You got some really good running backs in the first couple rounds. You can skip running back in round one if you have that early pick. You get Cooper Cup, Jefferson, one of those two. Then you're picking up a, a second later running back, which is fine. But for the most part, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, lots of great wide receiver talent in rounds three, four, five, and six. So this is where you want to be getting, picking up your guys. So we're, we're looking, so we've got, we're, we're looking at round four. We're coming back around on our draft board here, right? Th this draft board, as you look at it, you know, just note the direction that it goes. And 
my flag plant, a guy who I love, if he's there, I'm smashing the button on him. And that's Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson here. The team loves Allen Robinson. Matthew Stafford elevated Cooper Cup, but he needs a second guy. And if you remember what Odell Beckham Jr. did, and this is the best comparison for me. Odell Beckham Jr. comes onto the team. He's having great weeks over and over and over again. The attention is being focused on Cooper Cup because he's such a monster in that offense. That opens things up for the second guy. So, I, I mean, I love a lot of the wide receivers in this round. Yeah, Again, honorable mention, Gabriel Davis. Honorable mention, um, Marquise Brown. I'm in I don't hate. But it's Allen Robinson for me in round four from this grouping. What say you, Shane? If you'd asked me this question a month ago, uh, Kev, it would have been probably Deontay Johnson. But new information, George Pickens is an absolute monster. He's hurts. You just can't. You just can't go all in on Deontay at this point. I think it's got to be Marquise Brown, man. He, earlier in the season, was going early, right around the 3-4 turn, and now he's falling to the end of round four. You just look at that opportunity in the in the Arizona Cardinals offense. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six weeks of the season. So, yes, you can argue that he's going to take a hit week seven and beyond, but it's so important to get those early w's it doesn't matter if you get a w at the start of your fantasy season or the end they're all worth the same and if you can get off to a fast start because marquis is going to be getting nine ten targets per game because look rondell moore like him as prospect great nfl player for fantasy he's just not going to really move the needle it's going to be a lot of marquis brown he's going to get peppered with targets we saw last year we got what 18 targets in one game which was just insane not saying we're going to get that, but when you add just the fact that he's got the chemistry already built in with Kyler, he's got that deep speed, he can play slot, he can play the Z receiver, he can play all over the field. I, I, he's just too cheap. Marquise Brown, smash at the end of round four. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, there are some red flags in round four. You know, be careful of Cam Akers a little bit, but not too much. I, I like Akers. I'm a little worried. I'm very worried about DK Mag. I don't get why he's going where he's going um, at the end of that round. So be careful with him and Geno Smith at the helm. All right, let's get into round five. And round five, again, lots of goodness in this round. I'm going to just mention, you know, you've got Godwin in this round. He seems like he might play week one. What do you know about Godwin? Is he playing week one? <laughs> he's not on Puff. They cut Tyler Johnson today. So... I mean, if not if, week if one, Godwin is playing. surely thereafter, man. It's I, crazy. I normally I don't like to draft guys who are coming off injury, but like if Godwin is playing week one and he's still there in round five, that's a hard one to pass up on. I think I might have to smash that draft button. But the guy who I'm in here to talk about, mm-hmm. and this kind of relates to your last flag plant, Shane. It's Rashad Bateman. You you talked about Marquis the Marquis de Brown. Uh, from last year, getting 18 targets in a game. Who are they throwing to now, right? It's it's Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. They're not throwing to the Frenchman, Devin Dunbonet. They're not throwing to the other Frenchman, Prochet. They're throwing to Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews. So Bateman should see 8 to 10 targets. I want the target volume. From Lamar Jackson, who's got a monster arm. He's not the most accurate. 
He's got a monster arm. He can throw it far. I, I love Rashad Bateman here. I don't understand what he's doing here. I kind of see Rashad Bateman. I can argue between Allen Robinson and Bateman and Brown. And, like, and, and a lot of these guys are similar. I'm taking him ahead of Terry McLaurin. So I like Bateman here. Listen, if you didn't go first, my flag plant would have been Rashad Bateman. So I I'm just going to um, blew up your flag plant. You could flag plant. That's Bateman. okay. Just be like, yeah, I, I agree. And that's let's, it. Let's let's double dip on the Rashad Bateman. But let me just throw a little uh, let me, let's wax poetic a little bit about Rashad Bateman. OK, because we're fickle in the fantasy world, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Rashad Bateman struggled with some groin injuries last year. Didn't have a great rookie season, but let me just remind you about who Rashad Bateman is, okay? So in 2019, Rashad Bateman was the Big Ten receiver of the year, okay? He had 60 catches for 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. 2020 was a COVID year. It was kind of a funny year. He opted out, then he decided to actually play. Then he did opt out for the last three games. Baltimore has 108 vacated targets, and Marquise Brown had a 20, 26% target share last year. If we can get that 25% mark, that is elite. That is an elite target share. We talk about, again, 20% is kind of that, that Mendoza line for our, our wide receiver ones. 26% is elite. 25% is elite. Okay. Um, last year, in the time that Rashad Bateman did play, he had a 63.6% contested catch rate, which ranked number seven in the league for, um, for uh, qualified wide receivers. The man knows how to play. The man knows how to beast. I vehemently believe, and I think you agree with me, Kevin, just the fact that as much as Marquise wanted to get out of the out of the off the team, they would not have let him go unless they knew what they had in Rashad. That's Bateman. that's so, the big reason for me, yeah. Shane. They, why would they? Why would they get rid of Marquise Brown, who was such an integral piece? They didn't get that much back. Why would they do that unless they had supreme confidence in Bateman? And and that's the one for me. That um that really seals the deal. Now, of course, I have to. I'm giving an honorable mention to Big Marley and his uh, Juju love, but I'm not planting my. I'm I am not planting my flag on a guy like Juju, who I'm. I, I feel there's a little hopium smoking in the Marley household <laughs> because I just don't know. Is he the top guy? Is he the top well, guy? Is it Sky Moore? Is it Martez Valdez Scanling? He got paid. Yeah. Um. So I'm just saying, it's not a stud wide receiver. In the same way that, like, maybe, maybe uh, I would consider, you know, Devonte Adams to be a stud, or even Alan Robinson a little bit, although not that much, but but certainly like the Marquise Brown. So uh, eh, Juju, I, I like him, but I'm I'm here. proceeding with I'm more cautious than than uh, than than Big Marley is here. Yeah. All right, let let's keep moving. Let's go. Let's go. We're talking round six now. Note if you can see the draft board. This round, you're kind of running low on wide receiver talent, and we start to get a little bit back into uh, quarterbacks start to go in, and it makes sense. Think about it, Shane. Your standard team, what, what do we have? Right, We've got five players, so we've already got two running backs at this point, three wide receivers, so you start thinking, hmm, is this a spot for a quarterback? Is this a spot for a tight end? Do I want to fill my flex here? Um, uh, well, this is, this is just a bad take, Clipboard Jesus. It's <laughs> a bad take, sir. Bad take, sir. I am off on Hunter Renfro. Completely. Completely off on Renfro. I, I don't mind Renfro for the value. No, but I, I, no. I, get, I get all Do the not draft. Arguments. He is a red flag. 
All the targets are going to Devontae Adams. Darren Waller's healthy. No Hunter Renfro. He needs 13 targets per game. He will not get them. No. No. Am I going to flag, flag my plant chain on Elijah Moore? <laughs> oh, geek, your brand is the Jets. Of course you're going to take it. No, I'm not. That's right. I've been watching the Jets my whole life. And you know what they don't produce? Quality fantasy production ever. Never. As a matter of fact, on principle, I'm not taking a fucking Jets player. I don't even care if they are awesome. Too many years. Too many too many painful memories. So looking at round six, the guy that I'm planting my flag on, and this is a weight on running back strategy. If I still need a running back here, and it's not Damian Pierce, although I love him. He's moved up too high for me. I like Elijah Mitchell. Hmm. Running back, San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to tell you, the 49ers want to run the football. Okay? I don't get why people don't like Elijah Mitchell. I know they have a little bit more going on at the position. Trey Lance going to take some runs. But that's exactly what the 49ers need in order to execute their offense. I will tell you that this same offense years ago with Robert Griffin the third at the helm, Produced an elite season for Alfred the molasses-footed Morris. It does not take a great running back to absolutely smash in this offense. Elijah Mitchell is the starter. He's going way, way, way too late in the draft for what I consider to be a workhorse running back. Um, again, there's some other good running backs here now. Uh, we can go back to uh, Gibson, I guess, um, now that you know he... he he, uh, he, what, what, he, he, what, what did they, Nancy Kerrigan, his, uh, his backfield mate. Oh my God. That's right. Hey, I think we're allowed to say it now because it sounds like he's like fine. Brian Robinson's in the building. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. So we can, but come on a Nancy Kerrigan reference. Tanya Harding. Beautiful. Yeah. You remember all that? We just give the people what they want, man. <laughs> These like early '90s random women oh, figure skating takes. That's that's what we do here at DFS Army, baby. We just got canceled. Ah, shit. All it's right. over. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah. Good show. No, no, I like Elijah Mitchell. I've loved him since the end of last season. He was on my list as like, why don't people like this guy? Make sure you acquire him. Um, as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna smash. He's he's um he's in the right kind of offense for what he does. And having the running back, uh, the quarterback with the ability to run, the way they run that play. There's my man. Um. The way they run that play, understand, Trey Lance is going to pull a linebacker with him when he, when they do the, you know, the quarterback is going to be on the move. They're going to run that quarterback option play, and Trey Lance is going to bring a linebacker with him, essentially making it easier for Elijah Mitchell than it was last season. He's going to have to face one less defensive uh, defender on his runs. Shanahan, Shanahan's a master of this. Just grab Mitchell either as your flex. So while people are taking quarterbacks and some of the quarterbacks are going in this round, I'm taking my flex here. I'm waiting on quarterback. You know, I always wait on quarterback, Shane. I always wait on quarterback. I will have all of my flex positions, my tight end, every single position group filled out before I even consider a quarterback. And I might have a bench spot filled. So a little more draft strategy there. Every position filled before you look at QBR. People are talking about 
uh, you know, Allen in round two, Mahomes in round three, Herbert in round four. No, Lamar Jackson in round five. No, don't do that. Let your league mates do that. You're just going to take Brady or Stafford late. You're not even going to worry about it. Get your bench, your get your all your starting lineup spots filled out in a standard league, as long as it's not super flex. Shane, you got a flag plant. There's so many I love in round six, but who you got for me? I do. I do. I just have a quick take on Elijah Mitchell before we move on. Okay. So there's a reason that these guys are going in this round. Okay. So everybody here has a, has a stink to them of some sorts. And so the one thing I will say caution on is last week, or excuse me, last season, week two, shoulder strain, week eight, rib injury, week 10, finger fracture, week 13, knee injury, week 13, concussion. He's still out with the hamstring, expected to be ready for week one. It's just that's that that is why he's going so late. That's fair. He got dinged up a lot. So late. But my yeah. boy played through it. And I love the, the heart. Part, he missed a few games. Yeah. I, yeah. Man, you got to cheer for Lodge Mitchell. He's a player you cheer for. Okay. Yeah. So you just pre-roasted me for my Jalen Hurts take. So everybody knows I love Jalen Hurts. So he's not going to be my flag plant guy. You already pre-roasted me for my Elijah Moore take, but I'm just no, you I, you could take Elijah Moore. I'm going to let that me. wick off my body, baby. I'm going to let that wick off my body because Elijah Moore is that special kind of player. He's going to be a difference maker. Every beat reporter says that he is the, the number one, the best player in camp for the Jets. He definitely maybe is. That's, now, maybe that's not saying a lot, okay? He weighed <laughs> in. Yeah, he weighed in last year at 178, which is a little bit light. Typically, we like to see around 180. He got that as our, our friends over at Roster Watch. They always talk about that second NFL puberty. He got it, baby. He's 191 now. He looks electric. Garrett Wilson, he's struggling. He's having his little rookies. So, and, and that's the thing. So, one of the things that Garrett Wilson did struggle with in or at, in college, excuse me, was drops. And what one of the criticisms of him this uh, camp has been the fact that he will have just a highlight reel uh, catch. And then the very next play, simple, over, you know, middle of the field, easy, easy completion, drop the ball. So there's those concentration issues. Brees Hall, love Brees Hall. I think that by week five, he's going to be a game changer. But apparently Michael Carter's leading the depth chart. So what does that all mean to Shane? It means that Elijah Moore is going to get peppered with targets from Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco can get him the damn ball. Yeah, the problem he's is gonna have... Zach Wilson's coming back, and that's when it goes yeah. down. It goes maybe back. A little, maybe maybe uh, Joe does a little Tanya Harding situation on, on, uh, on uh, Mitchell, Zachy Zach. This is what I'm saying. Like It all seems great. You're going to feel yeah. all good about this one. Listen, then Z here's... Wizzles is coming back, looking like a 14-year-old boy trying to hook <laughs> up with his teacher um, in English class. Right, not paying attention to football, throwing the ball into the ground. I'm worried about Zach, the Zach Wilson time frame. Yeah. Everybody's going to feel really sharp when they take more, and it's Flacco, who's a competent NFL quarterback, throwing the ball to him. I don't, I, I cannot trust Zach Wilson. So, so that's really it for. I think Elijah Moore is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. He's awesome, mm -hmm. but Zach Wilson, bro, this Jets trust team is talent. actually good. Without him, yeah. I want to mention one more player who is showing up in round six, but might be later in your uh, home leagues, and that's Michael Thomas. Healthy Michael Thomas with um, James Winston. Everybody forgot about him. This was, uh, you know, WR1 two years ago before he got hurt. So if he is healthy, wow. 
um, definitely somebody I want to get. And if I don't get, if I don't need the running back, which I always do need, but if I didn't need him, you know, I'm happy to take Michael Thomas there. If he falls a little bit, very excited about him. All right, moving on. So let's just, let's just kind of go over the entire, what's going on with our draft right now, Shane. We filled out where we've gone through six picks. We've got two running backs, three wide receivers, maybe a third running back. Maybe that flex is full or, you know, maybe we grab the tight end for all intents and purposes. There's one more spot to fill on our team. Normally it's the tight end position here. I don't force it. I don't force it. Still take my best players, but you know, maybe you need another wide. Maybe you have three running backs, three wide receiver. Maybe you have, a, maybe you took a tight end early. You took three running. Maybe you need a, a, a wide receiver here. So let's take a look at round seven real quick and just kind of see who's here. Um, Amari Cooper, sketchy without you know with no quarterback for the first 11 weeks it's joe burrow's just, there yeah. i don't like taking quarterbacks this early again i want to be one of the last on my team and here we get to a couple of players i kind of like I, i'm not in love with the second half of the round Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, sketchy chase Edmonds. if i didn't get my running back i don't mind Edmonds as my backup do not take pollard i don't understand people who draft pollard here or hopkins here i think it's crazy why why are people taking pollard i don't get it the guy I'm going for is Christian Kirk here. Interesting. Yeah. I, I Listen, again, new guy, paid well on a team with very little competition. I think the Jaguars will be a more competent offense with a real coaching staff compared to Urban Hate the Face Myers and, and what he did there last year. So, um, uh, you know, I like Lazard as well a little bit. It's Christian Kirk, though, for me. He's looked great in camp. Um, he, we're drafting him at this point as our, maybe our flex wide receiver, or we waited on wide receiver. So we're kind of taking him as a WR three. I think this will be a 30% target share guy. And, and you talked about the 25% share for Marquise Brown. I think that's what Kirk is going to be. There's no one else to throw to. There's no one else. Well, one of the big news to. items today was just the fact that was it LaVisca Chenault was not competent yeah. enough. No, but he was, he's a hundred targets enough. He's a hundred. He was going to get a lot of targets in that offense, and he was going to get. It's it's just it it consolidates the targets even more to Christian Kirk, and that's a good thing. I'm man, you know what? That that's a really good call, Kevin. I man, I like I the drum beat has been nothing but positive. I've always liked Christian Kirk and the way that he plays football. Um, I think we just got this like this this bias of it's like Christian Kirk doesn't deserve the salary that he got, but he got it. He wasn't special. I don't think he's that special of a player, to be quite honest. I don't know because they didn't get the target volume in Arizona to really prove it or disprove it. You know what? This this reminds me of the whole narrative around Juju Smith-Schuster. Can he be a one or is he just a two? I worry a little bit that Christian Kirk isn't going to be a one and it can only really be a two. But he is the number one wide receiver on his team. He's competing with guys like Zay Jones. Um, they got nothing. Marvin Jones is still on the freaking team for the guys for, 34, which is insane. He's like 98 years old. Yeah, it, man, that's a sharp ass call. I thought you were going to go Alan Lazard for sure. No, so. Alan Lazard would be too on Brandon. And quite honestly, I loved Alan Lazard all offseason, but I was getting him around 10, 11. I was getting yeah. him really late in drafts. And I, I like him here too. He would be my next choice. I, I don't mind Lazard and I'm very comfortable going into the season with him as my WR flex or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, 
I like Kirk a little more. He's the number one for his team very clearly. Lazar probably is the number one for his team too, but he has to, you know, who's Kirk competing with? Lazar's got a yeah, couple of names on that team. Another um, guy, Eric Decker, a two who was miscast as a one. That, that's well, exactly. You know uh, what? Eric Decker that... had a good year or two before it all caught up with it. I like Camel Camel's uh, bolt call here that Moster takes Ooh, over for Edmonds that's as the RB1. And I kind of like that call, and I don't disagree that that might happen. So um, that's a little later in your trap. But yeah, um, that's well, round seven. So are you agreeing with me, or you got a different uh, one? I, well, I was going to say Chase Edmonds, and, and here's why, okay? Because so Raheem Mostert, I like Raheem Mostert. He's going to get freaking hurt in week two, okay? They they waived slash cut Sony Michelle today. They cut the Drake, who's now going to be Baltimore? No, Drake wasn't on this team. Oh, Kenya no. Drake yeah, was I'm, on I'm the th- Okay, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking now. The um, no, Ga- okay. Miles Gaskin, yeah, I believe. was. Miles Gaskin, he's, yeah. a, he's a bum, right? So, no, I mean, Chase Edmonds at this stage of the draft, listen. I'm not going out of my way to ch- draft Chase Edmonds, but if you decided to go Kelsey in round two, or you wanted to get like Jalen Hurts in round six or round five, uh, one of these elite running uh, quarterbacks, excuse me, and you're desperate, Chase Edmonds is a perfectly acceptable yeah. RB two. I'm I'm down with Edmonds, and it's a really easy handcuff with Raheem Mostert in literally the last round of the draft. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention here a couple things. Number one, remember to smash the like button if you're watching this. Subscribe the whole deal. Yes. Remember to play along. Give us your favorite flag plants in each round. And finally, and this is very important, I'm going to go to the, the, the double screen here. DFS Army Shane is running Ooh. our best promotion and only promotion of the NFL scene. There won't be another one. You get to DFS Army right now, and you can do the NFL package. That's 12 months of VIP access, DFS, season long. Everything we do, 12 months, 199. It's normally 249. Use promo code preseason. Promo code pre, let me, you know what? Let me throw it up here on the screen. We use promo code preseason. Boom. And you get 12 months of access to DFS Army, DFS, Fantasy. We do best ball year round. We've got, Season long, draft kit, everything you need. And of course, in season, the domination station, we have the most aggressive, um, the most aggressive content schedule we've ever had this year. Showdowns, everything, everything that you need. Video, it's going to be spectacular. No one wins more than DFS Army. 199 gets you 12 months. It's crazy. Just do it. Don't wait. None of that. Just do it now. Go get DFS Army right now. Can I add something to that, Kevin? My man, sure. So we want you, and we love the fact that you guys are on this DFS Army Fantasy Football Station, okay? I'm assuming most of you all are subscribed to the the parent station, just the DFS Army site. You, my friend, did a video, I think it was last week, that basically said it's it's how to win in DFS. Man, Very important video. I found myself taking no, I'm not this is no bullshit. We didn't rehearse this. I found myself taking notes. So sometimes Kevin might come on the show and seem like he's a little crazy. You go to the other show, he kind of knows his shit, man. So I learned a thing or two. I took some notes. I I, I think I might dabble in the sweet art of DFS fantasy football this year. You know, follow follow the guidelines in that video. It's called How to Win on DraftKings in 2022. Really important. Uh, It's it's actually blowing up, getting a lot of views. So uh, people seem to like it. Fantastic video. Really good video. Really good Um, video. People seem to like it. All right. We're up on round eight. 
Now, again, let's paint the scenario of where we're at. At this point, we filled out most of our start, our entire starting lineup, right? We still haven't taken a quarterback yet. No quarterback. Still haven't taken one. But I also haven't taken a tight end yet in this scenario. This is a wait on tight end league. And I'm seeing one of my favorite tight ends of the season, Dallas God Dirt, available in round eight. And I am smashing the uh the draft button i don't mind i love goddard um the next two tight ends off the board as well Ertz or knox and i just want to mention as a general strategy approach if you don't take one of the first two and it's only two for me no kyle pitts none of those guys no kittle it doesn't count if you don't take one if you don't take the luxury tight end early then i wait until this zone and i'm taking one of goddard knox or Ertz. I am not allowing myself to come out of the draft without at least one of those three. And Goddard being right here, he is my favorite of the group. So give me some Dallas Goddard here, flag plant. Love Dallas Goddard here. I've got him in a few of my leagues already. He's just, he's he's so good. I mean, he's got the same upside as like the George Kittles of the world, as the Dalton Schultz's of the world. Kyle Pitts, he's probably got more upside, but he, you have to pay significantly more capital to get him. It's just it's just not really worth it as far as I'm concerned. I love that. This is a funny round because there's actually a few players like it here. I like Drake London as a flyer because he just has absolutely nuclear upside, but he's got a knee injury. And you know, it just it gives you pause when these rookies aren't practicing. Love Chris Olave, but Michael Thomas is it looks like he's healthy, it looks like he's for real, it looks like he's back. It takes a little bit of luster off Michael Thomas or so of Chris Olave. I kind of like if you're going to wait on your on your quarterback, if you get if you got Corlin Sutton in round three, I like the idea of paying only 90 ADP of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, man, he's got the team around him. He's got one of the best teams around him he's had in three, four years. And listen, he's going to smash here, but you can also get Tom Brady. This is an interesting round, man. I have a hard time planted my flag on a lot of these players because I like a lot of these players. But if I'm choosing one guy this round, I'm building my depth. I'm going Drake London. Nuclear upside. That's my that's my flag plant for this round because guess what? London was going two rounds earlier, three weeks ago. Buy the value, man. I like Drake. Really solid um, rookie wide receiver. Not much competition for targets on the Falcons. I think the Falcons will be a smidge better than people think with Mariota at the helm. But what I really want to point out here, and again, this is really, really important for your overall draft strategy is look at all these great wide uh, quarterbacks that yeah. are still available. This, uh, I put out a tweet the other day, Shane, and it's still relevant. And I said, basically, no matter how many times I say it, no matter how many times I hear it, even people who I personally know and have had these discussions with, and I tell them, wait on quarterback. That is the ultimate advantage in season-long fantasy football, single QB. It's the ultimate advantage. They don't do it, Shane. They can't help themselves. They see Lamar Jackson around five. They can't help it. They see Herbert around four. Oh, he's dropping. I can't help myself. They can't. I don't even think, I don't even look at QB. It's not even queued up in my draft queue at all. I don't even look at it. Why? Because here we're in rounds eight and nine. I've got Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Trey Lance. And Matthew Stafford all the way in round 10. I got to tell you something. I like all of them. Yeah. If I took Lance, I'll probably take Stafford also. Like if I take a Lance, I'll probably back him up with someone just in case, you know, he disappoints. But 
Matthew Stafford had a spectacular fantasy season last year. Tom Brady always smashes. Dak Prescott, healthy as ever. You mentioned Russell Wilson as well. This is where you want to be taking your quarterback. I'm not flagging. I'm not planting a flag on any quarterbacks. Shane. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard will to not, plant a flag at this stage. I don't because need to. Trey Lance is is there next. I round, don't but... need to plant my flag. Yeah, on that guy because I don't. I don't care. Like I, I'll get one of these other ones. I don't. They're not a flag plant for me because they're all replaceable, right? So yeah. coming into you round know- eight. Uh, and I'm going to call this a round nine guy, although he's going at the end of round eight. So this is my only one that I'm uh, squeezing a little bit of juice out of the berry here. But Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony has a really good chance to be the WR one for the for a Giants team, w- which finally has. Yeah. And, and Marley's on point. Yeah, that's right. For the quarterback, too. You don't want to mess in best ball, especially with quarterback early. That's just terrible. Kadarius Tony. If he's available in this part of the draft, he's I believe he's the uh, the potential WR1 for the Giants. Like who's their top wide receiver? Sterling Shepard always hurt. The little dude that they drafted, Warndale Robinson, Wondell. the guy's fa- 5 foot 6. I mean, I like him, but come on, he's 5 foot 6, bro. That's a little look uh, no one is a bigger fan of the short NFL player than this guy right here. No one. I want him to be a thing so bad. But listen, let's be realistic. He's a little dude. Kadarius well, okay. Tony. So, so Wando, he's 5'8", 178. So yeah, he's a small he's dude. Small. He's he's electric, though. He's an electric player. Wait, it sounds like he's going to be a from Sleeper because uh, you might get a different number from the more accurate uh, of the player two. Profiler. This is, is, that, is that player profiler? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's real. Okay, their, their, their info is legit. Um, yeah. All right. But yes, I think Wondell Robinson is a little too small for me. I like Kadarius Tony. Um, if if you're forcing me to actually get into this round and and pick one of the players from from this round, flag plant. Um, close. Uh, you know, I really I don't have one, so I'm sticking with Kadarius Tony. I don't care. Well, you're to choose Goddard. Yeah. Well, Goddard right. was round eight, so I kind of I'm calling Kadarius Tony okay, round I got, nine. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, man. So this is the fun round because this is like for all of our dynasty players. This is for a lot of our prospects that we've been talking about studying for the last four months. This is kind of that sweet spot for them. Like I look here, we got James Cook. You got Ken Walker, um, Sky Moore's in this round. You are uh, in the bench prospect zone at this point. Yeah, this is this yeah. is this is the, the uh, high caloric, massive upside bench spots. And listen, I'm just going to I'm going to say it. I'm going to stick with it. If I'm building bench, I want I want my bench to go nuclear. The only player that I see in this entire round, other than maybe Trey Lance, that could go nuclear is Ken Walker. If you look at what this guy did in college, I know you're humming and hawing, but when you had to pay round seven capital for Ken Walker, yeah, he wasn't worth it. But at this point, I mean, we're in flyer territory, baby. If you draft Ken Walker, you have to be patient. He had to hernia surgery. The man is... Well, I mean, we have... He's this year's Nick Chubb. That's what I'm going to say. In terms of a running prospect, both maybe limited pass catching upside, that's Ken Walker. And I look at who's going on around him. I love James Cook, but at this point, it's like a three headed monster. Yeah, in no, Buffalo. It's so hard is, to drop any of them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback what you said there and give a little bit of strategy advice for the next few rounds because mm-hmm. really th- this is not the area where you really want to plant a flag anymore. I think we we've gotten through that. So mm-hmm. what I want to say, what I do in this part of the draft. 
right? We talked about like overall strategy. And I really wanted to make this, this breakdown, not just about flag clients, but, but overall how you're going to approach your draft. So essentially we we've gone through this. We've got to round nine. We are, we're sitting on a team. We've got our quarterback. We've got our tight end one. We've got, you know, three starting running backs on the team already. We've got three or four viable wide receivers on the team, right? We've got our flex. Every spot is filled. This is the area in the draft where I want one hit away running backs, right? How do you win your league? You win it not by taking, you know, uh, you know, uh, wide receivers that aren't going to do anything. Like Nicole Hardman is not doing anything for me. Uh, he's not going to lead my team to a tournament. Jalen Tolbert, he's not leading my team to a fantasy championship, right? Mm -hmm. These are just filling guys. No, what I'm doing here is I'm taking one hit away running backs. Kenneth Walker is in that category. You know, he's not the starter. He's going to be behind Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny's an injury guy. It's a pretty shitty team that he's on in fairness. I don't think even if he is though, if he gets the hit that he's going to be spectacular because his team is probably the worst team in the NFL of this season. So, you know, concerns there. I love him long-term dynasty guy, all of that. But I would say Darrell Henderson, mm -hmm. Alexander Madison, Rashad White, um, all of those guys, J James Robinson, Raheem Mostert, all of these guys are one hit away. They're one hit away. Khalil Herbert, they're one mm -hmm. hit away from leading your team. That's who I want you to fill up your bench with. Running backs that are one hit away from becoming a full-time workhorse starter. All of those names. I'm not going to plan a plague on one of them at this point. I'm just going to say, you know, and again, Walker's in the group, although probably less upside even with the hit than some of these other ones. But certainly Alexander Madison has done it before. Michael Carter, if 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 um, Hall goes down, great. I mean, not great, but he'll be great. Mm -hmm. Rashad White, if if uh, Fat Lenny goes down, he's going to probably be the guy. Raheem Mostert, if Clyde, uh, if um, Chase Edmonds goes down, he'll probably be the guy, right? So one hit away running backs. I don't know. You know, somebody mentioned Jamal Williams as a one hitter. I'm not sure Jamal Williams is one hit away. I think even if Swift wow. comes out they'll still split the the carries for him. So I'm not sure he's that one. And even Dante Foreman back up, back up uh, Christian McCaffrey with Dante Foreman. You know who I really like late? He's going around 13 is Zamir White. I Zamir mean, White if, could be if that. If you're guy. down on Josh Jacobs, man, Zamir White is special. He's a really special player. And he's going to, he could, if he gets it, the lion's share of that offense, like it's, it's going to be good. There we go. I think, I think that, I think we could wrap it up there, Shane. So Go we've gone through our flag plans. We've we've really also kind of discussed how to navigate your fantasy draft in 2022. And I think that was really important. I wanted to do it here as we are on August 30th and people are drafting tonight, tomorrow, the next day. So hopefully this really helps. Uh, again, make sure you follow along. You put your flag plans in the comments section as you're watching this video on, on the replay. Smash that like button. Ugh. Yeah, Camel Camel's got some good picks. Devontae Parker oh. late. I don't mind that. Um, some Some sleepers. Um, I don't mind Devontae Parker late at all. I kind of think he might be the number one wide receiver for the Patriots this year. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind that either. Um, Christian Watson. There's a couple of upside guys, George Pickens, that you can get late that might be great wide receivers for your team. K.J. Osborne, if um, if um, Adam Thielen goes down again like he's done quite a bit. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, of course, Pacheco. You know one who's also one. interesting is, is Jalen Warren. 
sounds like he's going to be the backup and run it in uh, for the Steelers. He's going around 21. I got he's him as free as free gets. Got yeah. him some dynasty keeps. So let's wrap it up there for Shane, for myself. This is the Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Like, subscribe, check us out. Um, hit us up on social media with your sit start, whatever you need at, at Football Geek and at the Flex Network. And we'll see you guys next time on another Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Let's fucking go. <laughs>